Hello, and welcome to Climate Fix Podcast. Here we will dive into evidence-based solutions to climate change and various other pressing environmental issues. This is your co-host, DJ LeClear. And this is your co-host, Phil Ord. Warning, this podcast may challenge your views on environmentalism and push back on conventional environmental thought with science and data. We hope you approach with humanism and an open mind. This podcast is created by Americans for Nuclear Energy, A&E, a pro-nuclear environmental organization. We take no money from industry or special interest groups. All donations are from individuals like you, interested in a grassroots scientific movement to solve the world's most pressing scientific problem, global climate change. Our mission statement is as follows. Nuclear energy is safe, cheap, plentiful, clean, and efficient. It has the capability to stop and reverse climate change while addressing the ever-growing demand for electricity globally. We strive to educate American citizens about this technology and to dispel misconceptions with facts. We firmly believe that both human civilization and industrialism can easily coexist with a healthy environment. Join us in helping to plan a prescription for a feverish planet, or is what we like to say, a climate fix. Welcome back. First, let's go over some of the reasons why we are so enthralled by nuclear power. What do you think, DJ? Definitely, that would be a good start. You know, there's a lot of misinformation out there when it comes to climate change, vaccines, GMOs, evolution, and various other scientific doctrines and technologies. Nuclear science and nuclear power might indeed be the most lied about and misunderstood of them all. Oh yeah, 100%. To be honest, it is hard for the general population to separate fact from fiction on a technology that is mysterious and gets so much bad press. Hell, I was always interested in nuclear power, being a nerd science kid, but I was always convinced it was too dangerous. Before I got out of high school, I honestly don't think I ever really thought about nuclear much. That was until I got into the nuclear navy where they trained me to be an operator on nuclear aircraft carriers. That was about the time that I fell in love with nuclear technology. Just so listeners know, let's go over some of the remarkable facts about nuclear power. I think the reality of its safety is one of the most unbelievable things. Nuclear as of now generates around 10% of global electricity and has only led to around 50 confirmed direct fatalities, all from Chernobyl. Depending on how cancers, deaths, from fallout have been predicted, which is very hard to do, Nuclear power is still ranked in safety in the same ballpark as wind and solar in terms of deaths per unit generation. Compared to climate change and fossil fuel use, nuclear power has actually prevented almost 2 million deaths worldwide. This is based on a study that was co-authored by renowned climatologist Dr. James Hansen of NASA. The most impressive part about this statistic is that not utilizing nuclear power is actually sort of a health hazard. Many folks are very concerned about the waste issue, when in reality, it's not really an issue at all. Environmentalist Michael Schellenberger has stated that nuclear waste is the best form of waste we want from an energy source. Why? 
there are zero recorded health problems from nuclear power waste contamination in nuclear power's entire history. Not only that, every little bit of it is contained in robust containers, doing nothing. What is also crazy is that a majority of this waste, actually called used nuclear fuel, is unused uranium that was not used to create electricity. The smaller split atoms, called fission products, are what are most radioactive, fresh from the reactor. Contrary to popular belief, the more radioactive an element is, the smaller the half-life. In reality, these highly radioactive fission products decay away to natural background in about 300 total years. This is much different from the hundreds of thousands of years, or even billions of year half-lives of uranium and plutonium nuclear fuel. When we talk about energy renewability and energy sustainability, nuclear is a top contender. Only 1-5% to of the original fissionable uranium in fuel rods is actually used until the rod itself wears out. We can essentially reprocess or recycle this nuclear power waste over and over again until it is gone. France does the lion's share of fuel reprocessing in the world today. Plus, a fissionable uranium atom releases 2 million times more energy than a hydrocarbon bond from fossil fuels. For sure, the energy returned on investment is almost stupidly high. So much bang for your buck. This means that we need very little fuel, and thus we practically never run out, leaving behind even smaller amounts of wastes. One has to wonder how nuclear energy is not classified as a renewable source. Limitless fuel for limitless energy without a gram of carbon dioxide emitted. This almost sounds too good to be true. Yet we're doing it today, powering a fifth of our electric grid and accounting for two-thirds of our nation's clean electricity generation. Oh my gosh, it does sound too good to be true, even though it is absolutely true. It also gets even better from here. The energy density of uranium means so much for conservation efforts, material extraction, and use. Nuclear power ranks one of the lowest in terms of mining, land use, transmission infrastructure, and water pollution, because there is no water pollution. It is on all the time, meaning we don't have to flood the natural environment with overbuild of wind and solar, and mine those rare minerals used in their construction. We can stop relying on and tear down hydroelectric dams for carbon-free power. Damming does unspeakable harm to aquatic ecosystems. Having a degree in biology, this is a conservationist's dream. Limitless, clean energy with the least environmental footprint. The insane part is this is just a taste of reality for nuclear science. Much of our future podcasts will be talking to experts in various scientific fields onto which nuclear technology can intersect. The stakes could not be higher either. Scientists are telling us that we have a pretty darn narrow window to turn the ship around on a runaway greenhouse effect. This is our Apollo 13 moment, and if we don't do things exactly right, we'll face disaster. Absolutely. Nuclear offers us our best chance to decarbonize large swaths of civilization quickly and affordably. Many don't realize how hard of a task total decarbonization is, as pretty much the entire global economy is based on fossil fuel. Anything you touch and feel that is man-made has carbon-intensive energy behind it. Frankly, it is almost miraculous that we have invented nuclear fission, because I honestly believe it would have been game over for the planet if our only options were unreliable and limited wind, hydro, and solar. It is also an ethical imperative that mankind has access to cheap and constant power, especially to lift up the world's poor. I digress, but hey, let me ask you, DJ, what brought you to nuclear environmentalism? 
So my story started back when I was in the nuclear navy. I did reactor plant and steam plant chemistry, as well as radiological controls. Initially, I wasn't actually concerned when it came to global warming and other environmental issues. Although I thought nuclear was amazing technology, I figured that fossil fuels were cheap and plentiful and it would be no problem just to use them. When we run out of fossil fuels, then we go nuclear was my thought. Not long ago, I had a moment where I decided that I'd start taking in new information, analyzing it for validity, and accepting or rejecting whether or not it goes against my previous held beliefs. I remember thinking about how people had wild beliefs about nuclear that just weren't true, and that if they were just willing enough to research and take into account what the experts were saying, they might actually see how safe nuclear was and how wrong they were about it. Then I realized how I was actually doing the same thing when it came to climate change environmental issues. I was unwilling to look at the evidence and talk to the experts because I didn't want to hear that I was wrong. I finally came to terms with accepting the evidence for climate change. It was a combination of being willing to change my mind and realizing nuclear power something I was part of, could allow us to combat it while bringing the world out of energy poverty. I realized that we didn't have to be anti-human to fix our environmental issues. Soon after, I actually started getting involved with some other nuclear advocates and mostly on Facebook, actually. I spend a lot of time on Facebook advocating for nuclear power. And recently, I've, I've joined Americans for Nuclear Energy, and I've worked with other nuclear advocate groups to spread the word about the fact that we really need nuclear power. And so that's what brings me here. What is your nuclear story, Phil? So I got to nuclear my last few years of college. I was frustrated with my future employment prospects because I suffer from a pretty severe form of muscular dystrophy. And I wanted to be a lab scientist doing biotechnology, but I realized the amount of schooling required for that would have just been too much and I already suffer from some fatigue issues. So I, would, I was pretty depressed my last few years of college, but then I watched this documentary called Pandora's Promise, which talks about nuclear power as a potential environmental tool, and it had a lot of misconceptions about it. So that blew my mind. I've always been a fan of nuclear power, but I was always told it was too dangerous. So I realized, you know, I can use my degree in biology, not necessarily for basic science research, but to be an environmentalist. I forgot that I took a course my freshman year of college, a scientific writing course for a seminar. And we were talking the entire semester about, quotes, the climate controversy, even though there really is no controversy, but it just gave us some more information on what climate change is and, you know, how it will potentially cause lots of harm in the future. And my paper was about nuclear energy as a way to cut carbon emissions. And I compared nuclear to other forms of energy production, such as fossil fuel and wind and solar, and I cited some life cycle assessments, and it consistently showed nuclear as one of the cleanest forms of power there is. I ended the paper literally saying it remains extremely dangerous, and it's just not true. And I was amazed. I felt I was lied to. But once I learned the truth, 
I never looked back and I decided I needed to advocate somehow. What better way to do that than with social media? And I'm on it a lot, so I started my page, Americans for Nuclear Energy, and went from there. I went on to learn as much as I could know about nuclear power, energy systems, pragmatic schools of environmental thought, such as eco-modernism. I went to a nuclear conference called Thorium Energy Alliance, and I learned about the potential other things nuclear can do too, such as giving us clean drinking water from the oceans, making zero emission fuels through carbon capture, and its capacity to recycle vast quantities of material so we don't have to throw things in landfills all the time. This podcast will especially help us talk to people that might not really understand or know that much about nuclear power and other pragmatic environmental solutions. And lastly, what motivates me is the world is getting warmer and it's scaring me. Not to dampen the mood or anything, but my degenerative muscle disease has given me a shorter lifespan and I don't have any time to waste. I have a niece and a nephew and I don't want them to inherit a world that is chaotic and a way to ensure that it won't be is to get this climate thing under control. I don't see any other way to do it than with nuclear, so we should get our act together. But anyway, that's how I got to nuclear power. I can't seem to stop doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. Man, we've been talking this for a while now. To those listening in, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk a little more about how we're wanting to format Climate Fix podcasts for future episodes. Today was more of an introduction on who we are and why we will focus so much on nuclear energy. Phil, do you want to explain our setup? Sure. We will have some intro music after we will identify the podcast and welcome folks tuning in. Then introduce the hosts. The episode's topic will be stated with a brief background on the expert we will interview. So we are easy on the ears. Each section will be broken up by a brief music break. After our introduction, we will then share current nuclear and environmental news. Yeah, we figured it would be a good idea to keep the listeners informed on the latest when it comes to energy policy, technology developments, and environmental issues. After the news section, we'll jump right into the interview portion after a brief music break. We'll introduce the episode's expert to the show with a warm welcome. Then we'll go through a casual question and answer on the topic discussed. After wrapping up, we'll leave time for final thoughts and point listeners to resources regarding the guest's work followed by thanking our guest for his or her time and wisdom. The interview portion should last about 40 minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. We could definitely get in some great conversation in 40 minutes for sure. The next section of the podcast will include Climate Fix and Americans for Nuclear Energy announcements. We will let the listeners know that what A&E is up to in terms of activism and resources. We also will shamelessly plug our organization. We'll point you to where you can sign up for our newsletter where to donate, and where to buy our merchandise. We are supported only through all of you at the moment, but what greater way to save the world than to support us? Definitely. And finally, we will reach our last podcast section to conclude. Then we will put out an estimate for when we will have our next episode up. Also, we will remind the audience where to find us and how to follow A&E and ask for your valuable feedback. Any questions, advice, or concerns are more than welcomed. Finally, we will thank the audience and sign off with some music. We are shooting for a runtime of about 40 minutes to an hour, but that's the gist of it. Yeah, that sounds solid. I'm actually really excited about this. Hopefully, we can eventually interview some of our academic idols. That would be amazing. With the right knowledge paired with a can-do attitude, the climate crisis can be fixed. We humans are a lot smarter and more resourceful than we give ourselves credit. Go Nukes! 
Well, thanks to all of you for tuning in to our first episode of Climate Fix Podcast. Hopefully, this gives you some insight to our goals and mission as evidence-based environmental activists. I want to say we will have our next episode up in about three weeks to a month. We are still learning our process. Yeah, and if you wish to follow us, we have a Facebook page, a Twitter handle, we have Google+, a YouTube channel, and a Tumblr blog. Our website is www.americansfornuclearenergy.org, where you can easily donate, check out our scholarly resources, sign up for our newsletter, buy merchandise, and send us a message. We want to hear from you. Thank you for supporting Climate Fix. We'll see you next time. <laughs>